0: actual sports thing is at hand today. And as such, I'm going to offer to you a real actual sports discussion. Good morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports and the newly reborn DK Sports Radio, our podcasting network that you can find and subscribe to for free on any number of platforms, not least of which is Apple, Google, Google. Stitcher, Spotify, we're everywhere. We'd really appreciate it if you can set your downloads to automatic, get all of our stuff in there, pick and choose what you'd like to listen to. I'm grateful that you're listening to this one. I'm that much more grateful, being honest, that I'll be back inside PNC Park today. I will. Alex Stumpf and I and the rest of Pittsburgh's beat writers and media will be permitted into the ballpark this afternoon to watch the Pirates' latest camp session that will extend into the early evening. No big deal, right? I mean, really, think about it. It's just you know, handful of guys throwing, hitting, uh, doing some uh, work-off mounds, Who knows? There might even be one of those sim games, uh, simulated games. It's a short term for that in the baseball vernacular. That's not the point. It's just being in there. It's exciting. It's real. You know? Baseball's schedule came out last night. The Pirates' 60 games. Open up July 24 in St. Louis. I'll be flying out there to cover that one. I am super stoked about this. I actually reached out to my buddy Derek Gould of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and we were trading texts like, this is really cool. Yeah, all right, great. You know, like kids. (laughs) That's July 24. Four days later, the Pirates will open up at home, such as it is, no fans, but at home against the Brewers, and they proceed to play baseball. Through September 27. The NHL put out as close as it can to a schedule at roughly the same time. Made for a great night for this sort of thing. The official formal training camps open up July 13, not the stuff that's going on in Cranberry right now, which is uh, a dozen or so players can go on the ice at a time. Uh, usually with Ty Hennis, the skills instructor. I'm talking about the full-blown camp with Mike Sullivan, Jacques Martin, Mark Recchi, and everybody out there, uh, and scrimmaging and the whole deal. That starts on July 13. On July 26th, all NHL playoff teams, meaning all 24 of them, travel to the two hub cities, those of course being Edmonton and Toronto, And then on August 1, the Stanley Cup playoffs, meaning the preliminary round, 5 versus 12 and so forth, begin. We don't know that it'll be Penguins versus Montreal on exactly that day, but if it's not August 1, it'll probably be August 2. There are real dates. There are real things to circle on our calendars as far as sports go. That's cool. That's neat. That is exciting. This makes me want to do like whatever form of cartwheels somebody my age could possibly do. Actually, I've never been able to do a cartwheel, so I'm not going to pretend otherwise. All that we have to do now is persist. Persist. Be smart, be safe, and persist. Don't get overcome by optics. Don't get overcome by headlines. Unfortunately, we've been hit by a barrage of headlines in recent days, a lot of them related to sports. When we've heard about Mike Trout, Buster Posey might not want to participate this year, those are big names, and people think, wow, that's that's really bad for baseball. Maybe they shouldn't have baseball. David Price completely opts out. Nick Marcakis opted out. There's going to be more. There's going to be more. But you know what? Once they opt out, that's it. There's a point where your roster is set. You know who's going to play and you know who isn't. And those things stop being a story. The NHL, wisely, I thought, has put in a hard deadline for players to announce whether or not they're opting in or out. I thought that was a really, really smart move by a league that generally I don't think of in that spirit. Get in or get out. Make up your mind, but don't just keep making headlines to make headlines. I like that. I like that a lot. When we reach that point, and when we get past the first wave of all of these tests, and remember... The first wave was always going to be the worst wave. Always, 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 because you have all these people. Players, coaches, managers, staff. All showing up from all different parts of literally the planet. You have no idea where everybody's been. You have no idea who was at a bar three nights ago or whatever else here. And they show up and everybody gets tested at the same time, yeah, you're going to have numbers like 20 or 30 or whatever it's been. And even then, the numbers have been roughly in the range of 1% of everybody has tested positive. That's it. After that, everybody goes into something of a bubble. It's going to be different for each sport. In the NHL, it's going to be like a real bubble. Like They might as well be playing on the moon. One place, one hotel, one method of transportation, the whole deal. Baseball's going to be a lot more challenging. The players wanted to use their home ballparks and move around. Well, the players are getting their wish. The Pirates are going to be playing in a lot of different parks. They're going to be flying. They're going to be on buses. They're going to be playing in different locker rooms, different stadiums. Stuff is going to happen. People are going to get infected. It's going to happen. But it's going to be way more controllable than what's leading up to these current scenarios. Think about it. Think about it. Look past the headlines. Look past the hysteria. Heaven knows I'm not one to blame the media for stuff. I hate that. And not just because I'm part of the media and have been my whole life. It's just a lazy way of explaining way too many things. I don't think this is a media thing. When Blake Cedarland and Socrates Brito of the Pirates tested positive, that was a headline on our site. You know why? It's legitimate news. Did we put up individual headlines for the 58 players who tested negative? No, of course not. That's not how news works. Think about it. Think about it, as I keep saying here but that doesn't mean that that headline should have a bigger impact than the 58 guys who were just fine, who were completely cleared, and ideally will follow all the rules and the guidelines and everything else and stay that way. When the St. Louis Blues had to shut down practice the other day, it sent a shockwave through the NHL. It did. Similarly, a week earlier, the Tampa Bay Lightning had that happen kept on practicing. The Blues are practicing. Lightning are practicing. Penguins never stopped. This is going to work as long as people persist and keep the headlines and the news in a proper perspective. Yes, the stories are accurate. Yes, the headlines are accurate. But there's perspective to be had. And here's hoping that the people who make these decisions, meaning way at the top, the commissioners, and Yet, to an extent, the peripheral decision-makers in these scenarios, like mayors and governors and presidents and everybody else that's involved, keeps their cool. Pay attention to what's going on. Respect the fact that the virus is very real and very dangerous. But at the same time, know that there is a way to get through it. We don't have to wait. We don't have to wait. Just play. When we come back, how about a little hockey, huh? We can do that, right? Yeah, let's do some hockey. Hockey here in our second segment. It's so wild, isn't it? That the Penguins have been up in Cranberry. Some of the biggest stars in our city, a couple of the greatest stars our city's sports teams have ever had, in Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin, and they're up there. They're skating around. They're doing drills. Arguably, maybe even making news, you know, by changing line combinations and stuff. And there's nothing. It's like it's not even happening. You know, they put out a handful of pictures. They put out a a couple of uh, what's known as B roll video for the TV station so that they, you know, they can show something. They can illustrate that the practice did, in fact, occur. And that's it. That's it. It's like it's not even going on. And I wonder, I wonder as we get closer to the Stanley Cup playoffs, and to the bubble setting in Toronto, I wonder how much exposure the NHL is going to get with this tournament. I'm not kidding. Uh, If this sounds even remotely self-serving, so be it, whatever. I, I never claim otherwise when I'm talking about media issues or things that directly impact us. But if you think about it, this whole tournament is going to happen outside the United States and in a setting where, being blunt here, the league is doing everything that it can to basically discourage coverage. Not the teams, not the Penguins. The league is doing that. As part of their guidelines that they put out, the protocol for how the playoffs and practices and everything else are going to be conducted, there was a rather long list of bullet points uh, aimed at the media, which could have been condensed to three simple words, don't come here. I don't know how else to say it. That's actually what, when I read, there's one line about how uh, at the training camp practices, that if the reporters are in a certain spot where if they can either exhale or sneeze and the water droplets and that was the actual term that was used can somehow make their way in the direction of the ice that that is an unacceptable and i'm you know what honestly look we get it nobody's going to sneeze in the direction of the rink you know we have elbows but this kept going when you are a reporter at the Stanley Cup playoffs, meaning one of the few that'll be allowed inside the actual structure, you're not going to have any benefit whatsoever from being there other than being inside the venue and watching the game with your own eyes rather than watching it on television. There'll be no one on one interviews. Uh, and I'm not even talking about it in person, I mean Zoom, phone. Nothing. In fact, the document goes further to state that the NHL wants to go out of its way to be fair to people who can't make it, and fair to outlets who choose not to make it or who choose not to send reporters. Again, I'm not going to be impartial about this, and you can pretty much guess how I feel about this. Setting that aside, if no one's going to cover the Stanley Cup playoffs, if they're just a TV thing, don't tell me that's not going to have an impact. Don't tell me that's not going to have some kind of impact. If they're not getting coverage on websites, uh, in newspapers, on TV stations, uh, it's not going to get coverage. Major League Baseball has already set a very different parameter for the kind of coverage that it wants and the kind of coverage that it's going to get. The NHL is doing precisely the opposite. And I think it's going to really hurt the visibility of the tournament. It's not just about flipping on the dial at 7.08 p.m. and watching the puck drop. It is for the diehard fans. Don't get me wrong. Diehards are going to watch unconditionally. You are going to watch unconditionally. I know how you are. You're not going to miss a game. But to the casual fan, to the potential new fans, when something spectacular happens in one of these games, somebody scores five goals, uh, you know, the greatest save you've ever seen or whatever, it's not going to get the visibility, the attention, the discussion or anything close to it that it normally would. I don't know what kind of impact that'll have on the league in the short term. I suspect it'll be minimal. The league already has broadcast contracts in place for years to come. NBC, CBC, TSN, RDS, Sportsnet, you name it, the NHL has a contract and none of them are on the verge of expiring. So those dollars are set. But in the longer vision, looking at the growth of the game, looking at making sure that their stars are stars, making sure that if Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, any of these players do something special in this tournament, it's going to fall off the grid. To repeat myself, I'm hardly impartial in this. If it was up to me, we'd all be just be walking right through there and, you know, we'd put masks on and we'd be doing interviews in the locker room or whatever else. So I'm the worst arbiter of this, okay? And not pretending otherwise. But I find it disturbing and yet predictable that it's the NHL of all these leagues that's taken the most backward approach toward this. They have every reason to protect their players, to protect their people. I get that. Zoom calls and everything else here. But openly discouraging media from coming to these games, to these playoffs, which is exactly what this document is, wow. I mean... It's, it's only the most NHL thing that's happened since the last NHL thing. I'll be at the ballpark. That's where I'm going today. I'm going to the ballpark. Going there to do my job. Write about baseball. Watch baseball. Hear baseball. Smell baseball. If it makes it all the way up to the press box, that's fine too. And afterward, Alex Stumpf and I will be doing a morning java from PNC Park. And it'll be a lot of fun long, I'll be on plane to St. Louis to cover baseball out there under the Gateway Arch in front of 48,000 empty red seats. That's okay too. <laughs> Coming up at 3pm, Jeff Hartman brings you back through the tunnel. Thank you so much for listening to this.
1: Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your bike. Your computer. Your window. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home, car, and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you own a firearm, it's your responsibility to store it safely when it's not in use. Choose a system that works for you. Cable locks, lock boxes, and gun safes are some of the most effective ways to protect your family and keep firearms secured. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure and find out how to get a free firearm safety kit. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. That's ProjectChildSafe.org. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance.